Welcome to the Money and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Nelson. My mission to empower millennial couples to make money moves that won't just improve your financial health, but strengthen your marriage as well. In this podcast, I share stories, tips, and tricks, both from my experience as a certified financial planner and from my own marriage, to help you and your spouse kick financial anxiety to the curb and use your money to create the lives you love together. Let's get started. Welcome everyone to the 53rd episode of the Money and Marriage podcast and the first in our brand new, slightly longer form format um, that'll be airing every Thursday morning. Today, in the first week of January, we're talking about commitment. We're talking about New Year's resolutions, setting good goals for the year, and sticking to them. Now, a couple episodes back in episode 51, we talked about how New Year's resolutions don't really work and why I typically recommend setting new month's resolutions instead to help you stay focused in a shorter amount of time to make gradual changes to your life. Um, Over 80% of New Year's resolutions each year are long forgotten by the time February hits and another 10% um, fall off the course, fall off over the course of the year. And so if you're setting a New Year's resolution, 90 plus percent of the time, those resolutions are going to fail, um, you know, it, which means that if you're trying to, to, if you've set New Year's resolutions in the past um, and you're approaching them the same way that you have in the past, if it hasn't worked for you before, you need to do something different in order to not be that statistic this year. And so um, regardless of what your New Year's resolutions are, new hopefully um, you know, just goals you're setting for, for January and, and beyond are, whether they're financial or, or health-related or otherwise, um, I wanted to bring on somebody today to help us set up good habits that stick as we enter January of 2021. And so to that end, the very first interview we're having on the Money and Marriage podcast, I want to introduce you to today's guest, Britton Pack. I met Britton um, just a few months ago as part of a mastermind group for online business owners. And by the time we're through with this episode, I think it's going to be pretty clear to you why I thought she would be the perfect person to discuss how to stick to your goals today. Britton wears a lot of hats in her life. Um, She's a pharmacist by day and runs multiple online businesses on the side, including an online retail store um, for clothing and apparel and and a business teaching people how to follow her morning routine that we're going to discuss at length in today's episode. Oh, and by the way, she manages to balance all of this and stick to her goals while raising three children, all of which are under five years old. She's got a lot going on and has some great things to share today. In this episode, we discuss how Britain started implementing a pretty aggressive morning routine that starts with her often waking up at four in the morning, even though she's not naturally a morning person, as a way to to make sure she's able to consistently implement several healthy habits and and make them stick. Um, And not only is that something she's done, but it's something she's stuck with for the past four years. Uh, Britain shares her insights into how to make the most of your time and structure your day in a world where we've often never felt busier and there are so many different things competing for our attention, right? She talks about the importance of accountability as you set uh, goals that you're looking to achieve and, and making sure that your, your spouse is at minimum a cheerleader for you um, and, and supporting you as you start to implement um, aggressive goals in your life. 
And be sure to stick to the around to the end, um, where Britain shares that her secret to success in implementing these, these awesome routines over the years um, hasn't been being overly ambitious with the goal that she's setting and trying to make big changes. But as she says, she's been able to do this by starting small and staying consistent over time. You know, whatever your goals are, it doesn't matter if your goals for the new year have to do with money or your marriage, or as, as Britain will talk about, if they have to do with wellness or mindset and making the most of the time that you have. Britain has some great tips for how to make these good habits stick in your life. And after the interview, uh, I'm going to come back and, and discuss three ways that we can apply the material that Britain shares and, and the, the different insights that she had, how we can apply that directly uh, to your money and marriage goals. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Britton Pack. Welcome, Britton, to the Money and Marriage Podcast. How are you today? Hey, I am good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's it's great to have you here. Um, so I guess bef- you know before we dive in, um, I would actually want to share a quick story with you, Britton. You and I connected um, for the first time maybe four or five months ago at this point, and. Ever since then, right, an interesting thing has been happening to me. Uh, you know, I'll wake up, it'll be about you know, seven in the morning or so. And like a lot of people, I think I'll be, I'll be kind of struggling to get myself moving in the morning, trying to put off kind of you know, getting out of bed and getting started. And so I do what a lot of people do, and that is pick up my phone and start scrolling through. And um, I will you know, start going, you know, watching people's Instagram stories. And I'll notice, Britain, that you, uh, you know, 20 minutes before, 30 minutes before, something like that will uh, put up a series of posts in your in your Instagram stories at you know, seven in the morning, my time, about you kind of getting up and doing your morning meditations and doing your morning workouts. And I think to myself, well, um, <laughs> I feel a little bit lazy right now. Uh, but then it, it gets even worse because I, I live in Virginia and you live in Utah. Right. You're, you're two hours behind me. And so by the time you're done your morning workout, it often is what, five in the morning, something like that. Yep. Um, and so I thought to myself, as we were kind of getting ready for, for New Year's resolution time and talking about making good habits stick, like to me, there's, there's no one else I wanted to talk to about that because um, I have been in awe of your um, super consistent morning routine for a little while now. Um, and I'm excited to talk about that here today. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, I am. I love talking about it. So <laughs> awesome. cool. All right. So I guess before we dive into that, why don't you just kind of quickly introduce yourself, um, tell my listeners a little bit about what you are up to. Um, sure. So like you said, I am, my name's Britton Pack. Um, I am married. We have three little kids. They are five three in one. And I am a pharmacist. I work a couple days a week and I just felt like I had so much that I was doing, but I needed some time, you know, to do my own thing, to work on myself. And so I just have kind of put in these systems. I have these systems in place that just make doing routines easy and make it so that they actually happen. So I guess it's, it's for my sanity is kind of how I explain it. Like I get up early because I'll go crazy if I don't. So it's kind of where I'm at. Awesome. Has that always, you know, just kind of you know, getting up early because you will go crazy if you don't, has that always been like easy for you? Like, have you always been a morning person? Is this just kind of something you formalize, like kind of just, you know, formalize for yourself? Or is this something that was like, actually as difficult as I would imagine it would be to get started um, with? 
Yes. No, I have not always been a morning person. I was thinking about it actually. And I, I've had to wake up early almost all of my life. And I think most people, as you're going like in your kid years, you know, I was the last one awake in my family, like all through junior high, high school. I like to stay up late, um, hanging out with friends. I was always the last one to bed. Um, I was always the last one to wake up on Saturday mornings. That was my sleep time, you know, and then, you know, same in college. I like to play and we would hang out, have fun. And I still, the job I had in college, I still had to wake up um, to be to work at seven. So I still had to be up early then. And I always, I dreaded it. Like I hated it. I just felt yucky. I just thought I wasn't, I just wasn't a morning person. I just wasn't born that way. And, you know, I was just prone to the night. And it wasn't until I actually had kids. And I think most moms who are listening can relate, but it's like something changes and you have no time to yourself ever unless they're sleeping. And so I kind of had to flip the switch. And even though I've woken up early all of my life, I've never enjoyed it until probably the last three or four years. So that's kind of, and it's not, it's not an easy switch because I know everyone's still saying, well, yeah, well, I have kids and I still hate waking up early, but it's a whole mindset thing that I've discovered and that I'm trying to teach and share with people. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, you know, I think the, the, I, I the one piece of that I, I hadn't really heard, heard from you before is just how long you've been doing this at this point. Did you say three or three or four years? Um, let's see if, so I've actually been waking up since my oldest was yeah about four years is about how long I've been doing this now. Uh, awesome, um, yeah, that that is. And, and what is that typical wake up time? Like, what what does that look like these days? So it's it's it differs, I guess. So like sure. I mentioned, um, I'm a pharmacist and I do work um, three days, and I work in an outpatient surgery center. So I actually have to be to work at six a.m. and so I have about a half hour commute, which means I have to leave my house at five thirty. And I, on the days that I work, I actually wake up at about four, which sounds crazy. I know, but like I said, it's for my sanity. And then, and we'll kind of talk about that um, in a minute, but when on the days that I don't work, I wake up about six ish. So, you know, there's kind of a balance there. It's not all, all early. Sure. Sure. Um, and, and then I, I guess, you know, one of the things I, I've heard you say often is, you know, you, if, if you win your morning, you'll win your day. Um, yes. Talk me through that a little bit. Like what, what does that morning routine look like for you? Okay. So just think about this for a minute. If you wake up early or, you know, earlier than normal, where you have time to actually do things that you want to do or you need to do, you feel completely set up um, for your day. So when I have, I have clients, I have moms that do this program and go through this with me when they wake up. So here's kind of what a basis of my morning routine is. I like to wake up. I'm a religious person. So I like to pray. I like to think and ponder. I'll read my scriptures and I'll have journal time. And that looks different for everybody. Um, you could meditate. You could just, just to have a moment in the morning where it's quiet and no one's bothering you, but you have time to sit and think and just, you know, think about 
life. Think about what you have plans to do, what your goals are, reflect on how things are going, just so that you have time to kind of like go through your brain because I feel like the chaos of every day is so much. So that's kind of just the basis of getting, getting your mind in the right place. And then, like I mentioned, journaling, that's different. I have you can do your gratitude journal. I like to do affirmations, kind of like your to-do list, things like that, just to get it all out on paper so it's out of your brain and you kind of have a plan. And then I love to throw in my workout. That's kind of the main thing that gets my body ready. It gets my mind in the right headspace. And so all those things, it sounds like a lot. Um, I don't do them all every day. It depends how much time I have. You don't have to spend a lot of time on each thing. You can spend five minutes. You could spend 15 minutes on each task. It just depends how much time you have. But when you wake up and get all of those things done before anybody else is awake, like you feel like a million bucks. Like you kind of feel like you've already won. Like if nothing else happens today, I'm pretty good because this is really all that matters to get me in the right headspace. And then, like I mentioned, I'm doing a to-do list. So throughout the day, if I happen to have a free moment, I don't know about you, but I like I have so much chaos in my brain that I don't remember what it was I wanted to do or needed to do. like say I needed to make an appointment. I needed to make a phone call. I won't remember that unless I write it down. So when I write it down in the morning, I have a list I can refer back to. So it just helps keep keeps everything organized, keeps me like kind of on task and you just feel better because like you have confidence in yourself that you already done this. So I truly believe that if you can win your morning, then your day goes like a million times better. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's awesome, right? And again, I think the, the thing that really stands out to, to me and what you're describing is the consistency behind it, right? You don't need to do the yeah. same exact thing every day. You'll probably lose your mind if you try to do that, right? Yep. But, but, you know, every day you're intentional with that time, whether it's at four in the morning, whether it's a quote unquote, a little bit later at six in the morning, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're, you're not scrambling, right. To, to get exactly. from, you know, from, from waking up to wherever, wherever it is you need to go. You're building in these wellness routines. Exactly. Um, yep. And on the days when I get up, like sometimes, you know, I'll give myself permission to sleep in depending on what time I went to bed the night before. And I just, I'll be like, I need more sleep. So I'm going to sleep. And when I have to wake up and get ready and leave the house, I just feel so frazzled now. Like my brain just feels like, I don't know, it's not set. It's not ready. My body feels tired. So there's definitely a difference. And like you mentioned, it is consistency. It's doing kind of the same thing repetitively as in like waking up and putting your mind in the right headspace. Some days I'll journal, some days I don't have time for that, but at least I'm up and I've, you know, I've done my workout, I've prayed kind of thing. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. You know, I, I hear, you know, like whenever we talk about kind of make, like implementing new habits and, and switching up your routine, right? A, a common issue or concern I hear from people like about building those good habits and being consistent with them is just a lack of time. Right. Just, you know, yeah. not being able to work it into your schedule. Right. I mean, you have a lot of things going on, right. You, 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 you have a career, you, I know you have a, a couple different side businesses that you, you have going on. you have three children, right. Like what do you think has worked well for you to actually make you stick to those routines? 
<laughs> well, I, I kind of think that my routines are the reason that I'm able to kind of do it all because I feel like it is kind of a lot. I do feel busy, but it is also a season of my life that I've recognized and we don't all stay in the same seasons all the time. Um, our seasons change, but um, really it's my routines that have been able me to do these things. And I think when people say they don't have the time, I think it's because they just like they're filling that time with something else, but maybe it's something else that's not quite as valuable or something that's not really like providing um, growth to their life. And when we talk about kind of healthy habits, um, like saying you don't have the time to work out, that is like, we've all heard it before. You make the time. You don't, you know, you don't just get the time. You have to make the time. And I used to think that that's actually kind of when it started back in college. Um, my parents, you know, would always encourage us to exercise. And when I started pharmacy school, I was like, you know, I just, I don't have time because I had this commute. I had class every day I had to study every night I was still working a couple nights and I was just like I guess I guess I'm just gonna have to wait to work out until after I graduate which sounds silly now looking back but my mom just looked at me and was like well I guess it's not a priority in your life and I was kind of like hey you know like yes it is and it just kind of like took that little flip like it is a priority and kind of because you said that to me now I'm gonna make sure it happens and it just takes a, what's the word? You just have to flip how you think about it. And so if your health is important to you, if you want to feel good, um, you will make the time for those things. And now it's just been like a part of my life. So no matter what time I'm waking up or no matter what time I have to leave the house, I adjust my wake up time to make sure that a workout fits into that time. And so like I said, you make the time for your priorities. And I don't know, like when people say they don't have time, then I want to be like, okay, write out everything you're doing in a day. What is non-essential? You know, like how much time are you on social media? How much time are you on TV? There are days that you are busy to the max, but that's not every day. Like you're filling it with something. You sound a little bit like me when we talk about like, you know, savings or paying down debt and stuff. And I said, okay, yeah. show me exactly what you're doing. And then we can talk about like the degree to which that's actually true or not. Um, yeah. I love it. That's great. I, I guess the one kind of follow-up question on that though, that, that came to mind as I was listening to your responses, I think with, with your routine in particular, right. You know, like talking about kind of cutting things out to, to make the time, I guess, we think about morning routines, I guess the natural follow-up question I have is like okay does that mean you're just cutting out sleep for you is there is there <laughs> other stuff that you're doing like like does that mean you're just getting four hours of sleep every night like how yep. nope. how do you make that uh, piece sustainable I know I am a huge I love my sleep actually and so um like I said you have to make the time for things that matter and so I go to bed earlier and I know people think evening time, you know, that's their time, their personal time, but it takes some work, but you can flip it. So the morning time is your personal time. And so I try to go to bed um, between nine and 10 o'clock, um, which it's totally doable, just depends on your schedule, because think, what is it that you're doing past nine o'clock at night? Like, why are you up later than that? Yeah. Like you're probably yeah. on technology. So 
that's kind of yeah I, I i was really hoping that was a rhetorical question and you weren't going to ask me this but like talk about how much time i'm wasting I'm <laughs> every night so uh, good right. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that then that's awesome yeah. <laughs> um, cool you know, this is a podcast, I mean, primarily about, you know, building financial habits, but I think that a lot of what you're, what you're talking about is, is really applicable here. Um, it's a very similar sort of thing about kind of building, you know, getting these routines in place and making them stick, right? Um, yeah. I, I imagine, right, when I, when I look at couples trying to make financial changes and, and you think about how you help um, moms and, and other folks make these type of habit changes, like, Oftentimes we'll come out of the gate day one, we're fired up, we're ready to go. And then I don't know if it's day five or day 10 or day 15, but things start to fall off the rails a little bit, right? And, and, and yeah. you start to slip up, right? So how, like, how do you recommend people handle that, right? When they, when they feel themselves letting these good habits slip, like how do, you, how do you course correct? How do you catch yourself before things completely fall off the rails? Um, so this is where, you know, where it's like motivation gets you going, but you know, consistency and your habits are what keeps you going. And I just feel like it is hard. Like if you're trying to do this by yourself, if you're trying to, to do anything by yourself, you're kind of like at the mercy of your own brain, you know, your own, how you talk to yourself. And honestly, I think you got to get an accountability buddy. You got to get a coach. You got to get somebody who knows your goals. That's going to like, kind of get you back on. Um, if your spouse is that person, that's great. If your friend is that person, you know, but if you've tried that in the past and that's not working, then, you know, maybe you got to go bigger. Maybe you need to hire a coach or like a planner, but that's kind of like, you need somebody like outside of yourself because we can do it by ourselves for a little bit if we're motivated enough, but long-term like that's hard. Um, so that's kind of like, I don't know. That is where my number one thing is my number one, especially with, um, health and fitness, because for example, think if you're going to the gym with a buddy, you know, you have a partner that you're meeting at the gym, how much more likely are you to show up on the days where you don't feel like working out, but you know, they're, they're waiting for you. So you're going to go to the gym because mm -hmm. to, you know, cancel on your buddy, then they're disappointed. But if you don't go because no one's there, like who knows, like no one knows that you're canceling on yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think accountability, um, getting a partner is like just so crucial or even like a group. If there's a group that's, you know, doing what you want to do and how you want to be, then, you know, join in on that group. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my advice for that. Yeah. The, 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 there's a lot of good stuff in there. We could probably spend an hour talking about I know uh, it's the power of accountability and, and, you know, talking about these things with other people and just the power of kind of bringing that stuff out into the open to, to help you stick with it. Um, that, that's yes. awesome. I love it. Um, you, you did mention getting your spouse on board in there though. Uh, and that's something that, I mean, I, I have spent yeah. a lot of time on this podcast talking about in the past, right? In the financial world, um, if you're looking to make financial changes and your spouse is not on board, uh, the, there's no way in the long run to, like work against them in that regard. You can't out earn or out save what your spouse is doing, right? If they're not on board with your kind of family's financial plan. Um, and so I guess I'm wondering if that, like how, how that would apply to your morning routine as well. Like, I mean, I know what would happen if I, if I went to, to Mary Catherine, my wife and said, Hey, I'm going to start getting up at four in the morning every day. Um, <laughs> she'd give me a raised eyebrow. 
um, like, how do you get your spouse on board for something like this? Is this something they have to do with you? Is this something that... Yeah, so, you know, I've actually had a couple of people ask me this, but it's more of the sense of like, the wives are trying to get up early, but they don't want to bother their husbands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like kind of advice on that. But this is, um, it is kind of hard. And I don't know if I'm, I don't know if people wake up at the same time or not, because my husband and I, like, I've always had to work earlier. So I've always kind of gotten up earlier a little bit than him. So it wasn't much different in the sense that I was getting up anyways, um, to work on stuff because he's sleeping in either way, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess some of the things that I do for that is like, I get everything ready the night before. So I'm not making like loud noises and stuff in the morning in the bedroom. So I just like, I grab my workout clothes, things that I need and I slip out the door and I'll change in another bathroom. So I don't disturb him. But I would say, um, you know, communication is key here for one thing. You know, you need to talk about it. You need to tell them what your goals are, what you're trying to do, they need to understand why you're doing it and, you know, what you're going to do and why you're doing it. And then I just think that being an example, because if you are doing this and you're seeing changes in your life, um, maybe, you know, they'll start to notice and maybe they'll want to join in. But if they don't, like, like I said, getting an outside accountability person is helpful, but you'll see the changes in your own life. But I feel like I don't know. It's kind of different than finances because I feel like finances is a huge like marital strain. You know, if it's bad, if it's hard, like that can make or break your marriage. Whereas waking up a little bit earlier shouldn't be (laughs) correct. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely right. And and you know, fitness goals are are by and large the same with that, right? Like you you don't need your spouse to commit to losing thirty pounds with you. Um, You do. You makes it easier if you know for fitness wives that's for yeah sure. but, but yeah but you don't have to like you're not going to mm-hmm. you shouldn't be having huge fights of hope about that yeah and, and i would imagine it, it this sort of thing gets a lot more easy to sustain in the long run if they are supporting you in this and oh, being your cheerleader in this yep but but they don't necessarily need to actually literally do this with you um, exactly awesome it's cool. fun if they do though <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um very good. Um, yeah, I guess, it, it, is there anything else that, you know, in terms of making good habits stick, right? Or maybe I'll, I'll ask it like this, right? If, if you could kind of give your, your best piece of advice to a, a couple who is looking to, to make kind of big changes in their life and make, make these good habits stick, um, like what would that piece of advice be? Um, you know what? It would be to start small, but stay consistent. So some of my favorite books, when I started out doing this, um, it was called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And just listening to that, because I do audiobooks these days with all my kids, you know, um, totally like changes your perspective and the way you think about things. And then um, a recent book that I read that I loved is called Atomic Habits by James Clear. But it's kind of the same message. And it is small, you start small, and you are consistent, you know, you, it doesn't matter how long you're doing a habit. What matters is how often you're doing it. And so if you want to start waking up earlier for a morning routine, but that just seems overwhelming, like start waking up five, 10, 15 minutes earlier, like then your normal, um, wake up time and just choose one thing you want to do in the morning. This is how, when I start my ladies out, this is the first step for them is to wake up 15 minutes earlier and choose one thing whether that's 
reading, whether that's a short workout, whether that's journaling, you just choose one thing and you start with that and you're consistent with that um, for the next you know, couple of weeks. And then you start to build onto that. So that's my main message. Start small and be consistent. Awesome. I love it. Um, well, Britton, thank you so much for, for joining us here today. This has been awesome. Um, what's the best way for my listeners if they want to learn more about what you're up to or follow along with your journey? Um, like what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, I would love that. Thanks for having me. Um, so on Instagram, I'm just at Britain Pack, and then you can find me at BrittonPack.com. And then if you're watching or listening to this in real time, I have a win your morning workshop that I'll be hosting in the next week. And then if you're listening to this later, um, if you want to find my win your morning morning checklist, it's BrittonPack.com slash morning checklist. And I'd love to help you out with your morning routines. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Brenton. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, thanks so much, Bill. I, 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 we're, we're recording this at, at 7.15 in the morning Eastern time, so I'm going to let you get back to your morning. <laughs> thanks so much. I'll talk to you later. That sounds good. All right. Am I the only one feeling inspired to start, you know, getting a little bit better control of my time and into implementing some of these routines? Maybe not at four in the morning, but just in general, right, to, to get a little bit more control over where our time is going. Um, Britain's an absolute inspiration. Thank her for coming on. Wanted to take a couple minutes here at the end to talk through three specific ways we can take some of the content that Britain and I just discussed and apply it to how you think about your financial life in the context of your marriage. Um, key takeaway number one, right, as Britain so eloquently put it, you don't get the time, you have to make the time. You know, it, it takes intentionality to get into a routine in your life. And, and once you have those routines in place, that's going to help you get things done on an ongoing basis, right? Um, so we often just fill our time with the distractions and, and things that aren't really adding value for us and taking us to where we want to go. And I thought Britain's point about you know, really, you know, you don't just get all the time that you want. You have to really be intentional with your time to make sure you're using it on the things that are going to help you move forward and create that life that you love. You know, in the context of, of your finances, right, it doesn't take that much time to manage your money effectively, but it does involve setting aside 10 minutes a week or something like that, right, to go through, review your accounts, review your transactions, track your budget. Um, you, you, you've known if you've listened to this podcast in the past, and we're going to talk about this a little bit going forward as well, uh, that, that I really recommend having a 15 to 20 minute money management meeting with you and your spouse every month, taking 20 minutes, intentionally setting it aside as a way to just make sure you're sticking on track with the things that are important to you financially. It's not a big ask. But so often when I talk, you know, talk about that with people, right, the, the immediate reaction was, I just don't have the time to do it. No, you're right, you don't, but you got to make it. And, and it's not that much time to find over the course of your month, right, to, to implement something like this. And it's something I would really challenge you to do starting this year, right? Set aside 20 minutes for you and your spouse together to review your financial progress each and every month. So that's key takeaway number one, right? You don't just get the time, you have to make the time. 
Key takeaway number two, you know, Britton talked about the importance of accountability in terms of achieving your goal. She talked about how you know, you're much more likely to actually make it to the gym if there's somebody waiting for you there to exercise with, right? You're not going to just leave a friend hanging if, you ha- if you're paying a personal trainer or a coach, right? That you know, isn't even a much higher level of accountability. And, and the same thing is true with your finances, right? Having some sort of accountability system in place. Is is a difference maker for for so many people, right? Don't leave yourself at the mercy of your own willpower to make these changes. That's how ninety percent of New Year's resolutions end up failing each and every year. How, you know, one one of the primary value adds that I bring to the table, I find with the clients I work with, is just my my role as an accountability partner, partner, right? To make sure that the couples I work with are showing up for themselves and holding their feet to the fire of their best intentions that they set wasn't necessarily what I expected my role as a financial planner was going to be when I started in 2016, but that's where I've ended up. And, and I, I completely agree with the points that Britton made around that, right? Just having an, an accountability system, right, to help you track to your goals is going to be a big, um, big difference maker. Now, the one thing I'd say in the area of like you know, managing your money as a partner, right, your spouse can be a really good accountability partner for you in terms of you know, goals that you're setting for yourself, right? Um, exercise goals, um, goals at work, things like that, right? But we're, you know, in finances, it's something you, the two of you are doing together. Um, sometimes it can work, right? Just to have the kind of spousal uh, peer pressure, so to speak, to, to make the some of the financial changes go. But if, you, you don't be surprised if you, if you need to bring in a third party or have another couple you're working with or somebody with an outside perspective, right, to help hold you accountable there there as well. It's a little bit different, I find, when we're working with goals that uh, you know, you're, you're working toward together, right, rather than kind of each, you know, each of you having your own individual goals. So that's the only kind of footnote I'd add on the accountability side, but that importance of having that accountability in your life as you set these goals is really important. So that's point number two. Um, t- takeaway number three, um, is that well, the piece that Britain ended with, right? It's starting small and staying consistent over time, right? People fail at reaching their goals because they say, okay, great, I want to lose 50 pounds this year, or I want to pay off $50,000 worth of student loan debt this year. And we look up at how big that mountain is to climb. We start climbing a little bit, and the second that we fall off the rails, it's game over because we're overwhelmed. Because of course we are, right? Those are big goals to accomplish, right? So, so don't focus on that necessarily. Focus on losing the first pound first, right? or, or better yet, the activities you're going to do to get to the point where you're losing that first pound. Um, on the financial side, right? Focus on paying off your smallest um, loan or, or debt first. Um, you know, like there, there's a lot of research out there that shows that even though mathematically it would be faster for you to pay off your debt starting with the highest interest rate loans first to minimize the amount that you're um, putting toward interest over time. The people who actually pay off debt fastest don't do it that way. They start with their smallest loans. And then once the smallest loan is paid off, you pay off the next smallest loan and and so on, Um, which doesn't make any mathematical sense. But the reason why that works and the reason why that's often the right approach for people is because it gives you those quick wins to help you stay consistent, right? By setting a small target first, that's pretty easily attainable. You're gonna get that under your belt and then that will help you move on to the next one. And and just that that positive reinforcement will help you stay consistent over time, right? Start small, 
but stay, con stay consistent. And that's it for today, right? Hopefully th this episode has given you some things to think about in terms of the way that you're setting goals um, in your money, in your marriage, and for, quite frankly, just across the, the board. I want to thank Britton again for joining us here today. And I want to leave you with a quote from Pablo Picasso, right? Pablo Picasso said that our goals can only be reached through a vehicle of a plan in which, in which we must fervently believe and upon which we must vigorously act. There is no other route to success. Thanks for tuning in today, everybody. And we'll see you same time next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Money and Marriage Podcast. If you want to learn more, you can access my favorite money exercise for free if you head to paysetterplanning.com slash money and marriage. Again, that's paysetterplanning.com slash money and marriage. Get your access today and I'll see you next time.